Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm excited to have a dear friend of mine. She is a writer, a speaker, an author. Um, you say, Brian, isn't writer and author the same thing? Yeah, it, but, but in different ways. You can write different things and author different things. But this is a, a, a lady that I have grown to love very dearly. And, and she is just, she's an encourager. And you will be encouraged by this conversation as I welcome in Karen Markle to the Intentional Encourager podcast. Karen, how are you today? Well, first of all, Brian, thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest on your show. I am absolutely fantastic. I love being able to say that first thing in the morning, that I'm fantastic no matter how I went to bed. So that's how I'm doing today. That's awesome. You know what? I would rather be talking to you than the other famous Markle, Megan Markle. I'd rather be talking to you than her. Well, thank you. And I'll tell you a fun fact. Every time somebody asks me what my name is, my last name, or my children, they always ask us, are you related to Megan Markle? You <laughs> could be. You that. never know. Uh, myself, directly, probably not. My kids, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. You could be an heir to something, you know? You could be well, an heir to something. Absolutely. I know I'm an heir to someone above, yes. so Amen. that's more that's, important than anything else. That That's 100% correct. Karen, I want to start here in our conversation because you and I have had several conversations, and I was thinking about how I'm going to start the podcast, and I always want to start it with a, with a, a, a question that brings our audience into conversation. You and I had several conversations before all of this unrest and everything took place and, and things like that. Yes. One thing I know about you is that you believe very strongly in unity because you're a unifier. You yes. like to bring people together. What do you think is missing right now in conversations that we should be talking about around unity and coming together? That is a very loaded question, but right off the top of my head and honestly my heart is the word respect. I feel like um, people don't really want to respect the individual opinions and thought processes that have been in place and that doesn't matter which side of the fence that you fall on. You have to be able to respect that that difference does exist in order to make room for understanding and a willingness to want to hear about that difference. Without the respect, you're not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Completely agree. And Karen, here's, here's the thing that I think we have lost sight of in, in this country is there are more things that do unite us Yes. than divide us because, you know, and, and again, I, I know it's a loaded question, but I do want to, I want to talk about it because I, I believe you're the perfect person, the conversation that we have and the relationship that we have together, you're the perfect person that I can talk to this about. 
I was just as outraged at what happened to George Floyd as, as anybody else. I, 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 that was wrong on, on all the different levels. And I believe this, I believe as, as my friend Tom Roten says, who you are will manifest itself. Oh boy. Those are true, true words. When you find yourself in conflict, when you find yourself facing adversity and challenge, who you are is going to rise to the surface. So if you are a person who has not been true to yourself all along, and sometimes we have situations where we don't even really know who we are, right? Because we've gotten lost from all the minutia that's happening in our lives on a daily basis. And then we find ourselves facing adversity and challenges and that's where all of whatever's inside comes to the forefront. And unfortunately for some people, they've got a lot of negativity within them. And that's what we see manifesting. Uh, it goes back to the condition of your heart. If your heart is not properly um, filled with love from the get-go. Mm -hmm. It's you know kind of sad and disheartening when you see certain people who have been presenting one way but then in the midst of challenge and chaos, you actually get to see who they really are. Yes. And honestly, they're not very nice people. Well, and again, it's about consistency because if you treat people a certain way because of conditions, yes. or if you treat somebody a certain way because of what they can do for you right. or what they can give you, mm -hmm. then you're not being authentic. You're not being genuine. You're not being yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's unfortunate to me that, that people have decided to react and be somebody that they're not. And then when the heat's off, they're going to go back to being the way they were. I, I do not like people like that. To me, that presents a phony nature and a false character. What are you really thinking about and pondering during these times? Because you're a deep thinker. You write, you, you are very expressive um, with the written word. What are you writing about and thinking about now in these, in these unusual times? Well, uh, let me start off by saying I, anything that I share at this point in moving forward, and of course, always before, I mean no true offense by anything that I say, because I'm going to speak very candidly. You know, you ask a very, you're free question. to do that. This is, Thank this you. is, this is an open forum. We're, and, and folks, I, I make no apologies. These conversations are authentic for a reason. And um, I, I want you to know, Karen, you have the right to speak freely and candidly how you feel. I asked you a question. And so just share with me what, what your thought process is right now. Yes, yes. So one of the things that really has been resonating deeply within me, and it makes me sad that I'm even saying this out loud, but it is to see people when they get called out for their offensive or their um, distasteful behavior towards people of color, and primarily I'm talking about white people, then when they're called out, especially people who have platforms where they have millions and millions of followers and people watching their every move, they get called out for something and then they're very quick to say, oh, um, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry, I want to apologize, I've learned from my mistakes, you know, I'll mm. do better. This phrase of, I will do better to me, it really falls on flat ground. 
because it's very difficult for a person of color to hear a white person say, I'm sorry, I'll do better when they're called out for something if they didn't already know that they were already making offensive statements, comments, actions, behaviors. And I don't care if it was 10 years ago, if it was yesterday, if somebody else has to call you out on your behavior, and this really transcends race, but right now, predominantly, yes. I see this a lot with um, people in positions of authority and, uh, you know, they have a lot of clout and they're typically white but they will say something to that effect. And it bothers me so much because how can they have really learned in that short amount of time? I think yeah. about a child who, you know, when your child does something wrong and they're quick to apologize when they mm -hmm. get called out. But when we think about when we were kids, how long did it take us to learn certain lessons? Sure. And over and over again, a lot of times. And if you're doing stuff that you don't even really know is offensive, you can't have learned that quick. Maybe some people can, but I think most of the people in the category I'm referring to, they are doing it for that type of attention yes. that you spoke of. It's to present this false front that, oh, I, you know, I'm now educated, I'm now aware, and I'm going to do better. And then when the cameras are turned away, no one's watching, all of a sudden they go back to who they really are right. and you That's hear right. the saying comments in the background that are just as distasteful as before. They've not learned anything. It, there's, it falls flat. It, yeah, you're exactly right because it, there's inconsistency there because if you're consistent, you treat everyone the same all the time, no matter what. Yes. You, you treat everybody. And I'll share, I'll share something with you. I have a dear friend of mine that's a black pastor down in Virginia. We were having a conversation one day and he told me, he said, I need to tell you something. And he said, I want to tell you in love to educate you. And I knew he was coming in a place of love because he looked me in the eye, which is very important to me. And he said, Brian, you have to understand the word colored is offensive to most black people. Mm -hmm. He said, you're better off to say the word black than to say colored. And, and, and he, he said, I'm telling you this because I love you and you're my friend. Yeah. And I know you don't have a heart that way, but I want, and it was a powerful education for me to understand, no, I don't want to inadvertently offend you. There's a difference between, as you pointed out, overt offenses mm -hmm. and inadvertent offenses. Yes. And he came to me and said, I want to tell you this in love because I know who you are. You're my friend. And, and, it, and I thanked him for it. I said, man, thank you for loving me enough to help me not to make a mistake and offend someone inadvertently. I love what you said there about walking things back. We're in a society of walking things back yes. because it doesn't land right or it doesn't sound right or it doesn't play right. Karen, when you see, I want you to go a little bit deeper, if you don't mind, because I think you have said some very powerful things. Okay. What, how important to you is the consistency of people that you see around you or that you're connected to? Well, it's really, really important to me. I tell people all the time, what you see is what you get. What you see on paper, what you see on the computer, what you see in person is what you get with regards to who I am. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I have struggled my whole life up until recent years of trying to fit into these boxes and be this person or be that person and, and never being happy with who I was at the time. But when I was just allowed to just be myself, I was the happiest. And I realized it was important to just be yourself all the time, not some of the time. And I understand when you get in those situations where maybe you become a little afraid, you know, you're going to be speaking in front of a large crowd and maybe there's this different persona that steps forward. You know, I like to think it's the Holy Spirit grabbing hold of you, but whatever you want to call it, I can understand that. But outside of those unique experiences, to me, it is so important. If you want people to really know who you are, if you want people to want to build authentic relations with you, you want to become a person that's known for being truthful and honest and consistent. You have to maintain that all the way through, whether you're writing, no matter if you are speaking in front of a large audience, you're speaking in front of one person. It doesn't matter the platform that you show up. You just need to show up the same all the time. And it should be the persona that makes you feel comfortable, not one that you feel like it has to be an act. Because at some point, you're going to find yourself in a situation that's going to challenge that act and the walls will come crumbling down and there you will be, you as you are. I like something that my mom, she has often told me, and she says this all the time, and I know this is saying that a lot of people may have already heard, but she says, when you get done running and you get to where you land up, and this is paraphrasing, of course, there you will be. And I know there is like an old saying about that. You can run, you can hide, but when you get to wherever you think you're supposed to be, you're still going to be there. And if you don't like what you see, then you need to change it. But understand, as you go along, people are seeing and they're watching you. And that's the other thing. Even when we don't realize people are watching us, they're watching us. And they are looking exactly for what you said, that consistency. There are employers that are watching potential employees. There are partnerships, you know, people who want to network with you, but they like to do their research. I'm a researcher myself. They mm-hmm. like to watch you beforehand and see, are they consistent in every area that I've observed them? And if they are, they're like, yes, I want to work with them. I want to partner with them. But if they start to see that you're one way in this arena, you're another way in another arena, they don't know who's going to show up when they meet you. And so I kind of use that same lens when I look at people. I give everybody I meet, does not matter who they are, what level they have. I treat them the same and I give them the opportunity to show me who they are and I will treat them as such. Even if they're disrespectful, honestly, Brian, I still treat them with respect and I give them an opportunity to change their narrative that they're creating within me. Mm -hmm. But if they never change it, then I just tell myself mentally, okay, this person, this is how they are. Maybe I don't want to hang out with them or talk to them much, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to still respect them because it's their right. They can show up however they want to, Mm -hmm. but they need to be consistent. It's so important. Well, and people talk so often, Karen, about personal branding. And Mm -hmm. they say, well, you've got to have this and you've got to do that and things like that. And, And I say it this way, okay? If I have to change who I am to fit a brand, yeah. I don't need it. Ooh, if yeah. I have to, and I'm not, 
you know, I, I was thinking about this today. I would love for this podcast to have a hundred thousand downloads and things like that. And, and, and yes, you, you think about those things too. Yes. But I also understand that it takes time and it takes consistency. You know, you don't mix ingredients, stick a cake in the oven, and 60 seconds later, you get a cake. Right. It takes time to bake. It takes time to, you know, any good meal. And trust me, I've eaten a lot of good meals. <laughs> any good meal takes time to prepare. But we're in a society, and I love what you said about people trying to to package themselves a certain way. And you said that a couple of times, and I love that packaging themselves a certain way to try to gain the most people that they can yes, and, and really covering up and not letting people see who they really are. Yes. Yes. Well, let me, let me um, touch on something that you said about, please do. Uh, if, if you have to, this is your podcast. You're my guest. This is your <laughs> podcast. So go ahead. If, if you have to repackage yourself to fit in somebody's brand that does not align with who you are, then you don't want to be a part of it. And I don't want to be a part of that either. And let me relate that back to my um, time on LinkedIn. I've been on LinkedIn really probably longer than uh, people would be surprised. It's been more than 10 years, but I've only been become active in the last probably four. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first decided to start engaging on LinkedIn, something that I have grown up my whole life, I used to get uh, teased a lot by my siblings about how much I talk. <laughs> Over time, I've come to appreciate it, but it was a long journey for me to get to this place of accepting that I am the way that God intentionally put me together. He, he did not make a mistake with the way that my personality is. And I think if more people can really wrap their minds around whatever quirks or tendencies that you have that you might have a lot of people that point them out that maybe make you feel uncomfortable. Those are the things that are what make you unique. Those are the things that make you stand out. Those are the things that you want to embrace because if you're like everybody else, how do you stand out? And so I was thinking about that as I was becoming more involved in LinkedIn. And I remember the first couple of posts that I actually responded on and I was like writing, I used up every character possible <laughs> with my response. And uh, for a second, I began to question whether or not I should continue to respond to people's posts like that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I began hearing these, these uh, thoughts in my head about, guess what, Karen, they're going to see your name and they're going to go, oh man, there's this woman again. Gosh, she always has so much to say. I just want just a two-word sentence. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of people, and I'm, you know, to each his own, right? But there are a lot of people, they just do the, oh, that's great, or nice, or thank you. And that's or they wonderful. hit the like button. Yes, and that's wonderful, because I do that as well. But on the post that really speaks to me, I let it rip, right? I just yep. put it all out there. And so God helped me understand, it is so important for you to not worry about how people see you, but just be who I've created you to be. Mm -hmm. And when I recognized and I appreciated that, I started seeing a difference in the way that people were responding to me. In fact, I had people going, Karen, why, why aren't you 
saying a thousand words. Why aren't you giving us the thesis? That's why we want you in here. And mm -hmm. I was like, what? They actually want to hear that. And that really helped me to feel more confident in who I am. Mm -hmm. Now I say that at the same token, I don't want people to think that I was only looking for that positive feedback. Yeah. For me, that was confirmation of what God was already telling me at the time. Mm -hmm. And I had to remind myself to just show up. Don't worry about what other people say because the right people at the right time are going to hear the message. That's right. They're going to take from it what they need. And everybody else that has whatever they want to say, that's on them. You just show up and you just be who you are and let God do the rest of the work. And that's pretty much how I lead. I just show up. If mm -hmm. I need to write a thousand words, I write a thousand words. If I feel I only need to write two words, I write two words. And that mm -hmm. goes the same when I talk to people. Whatever the Lord lays on my heart, I share it. And then I just kind of, you know, lift my hands up, let it go. And I just say, I know that the Lord is going to take care of the rest. And mm -hmm. that's what's enabled me to be confident in knowing that how I show up is A-OK -okay every single time. That's exactly right. And Karen, here's the thing. I, I have two, I have two similar rules of thumb. My first one is, is something that my dad told me. He said, if you say it, own it, yeah. you have to take ownership of everything. And I used to tell my salespeople that I managed and coach, I would say anything you say can and will be used against you. Yes. If it comes out of your mouth. You're responsible for, for where it lands and how it lands. And there are times that you're going to be held accountable for yes, what sir. you say. And the second thing is my rule on LinkedIn is if I can't add value to something, I won't comment. Yes. Yes. And if I can't add to the discussion yes. or bring a different perspective mm -hmm. that can be of some value. And that may be, that may be a, I don't agree right. with, with what you're saying. I believe in this. And I'm never disrespectful. Even if I tell somebody, hey, I don't agree with you, I still say, listen, I appreciate you facilitating this discussion. Mm -hmm. Thank you for doing so. Here's what, and I don't ever say I think anymore. Nobody cares what you think, <laughs> right? That's so true. That is so true. They care what you believe. I will say, I believe this. Yes. Because a thought can come and go. Yes. But if you believe something, it's, it's, it's constant, it can, it's yes. consistent. So I love what you said there because those are some great rules. If somebody's listening from Karen and myself yes. that are LinkedIn veterans, mm -hmm. something you might want to think about, not trying to tell you what to do. It's not what we're here to do, tell <laughs> you what to do. But Karen, I wanted to jump here real quick and, and pivot. I want you to dive into your story because I, I'm always interested yes. how people get from point A to point B. And so take me back to, you know, as far back as you want to go and, and tell us your story, because I think you have such a fascinating story. Well, thank you, Brian. Um, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to do my best to actually be a little bit succinct because, you know, I know I'm guilty of saying like a million words, but We'd have to purpose. have a 10-part podcast here. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the purpose of today, I really feel like the overall theme and essence of my story relates to how unforgiveness can serve as a roadblock in your life. What do I mean by that? 
So obviously I am a black person and that does play into part of why I had forgiveness in my life. You know, as a child growing up, we always, my, my parents and my sisters and brothers and I, we almost always grew up in all white areas. And I didn't even realize that I was a black person until I was probably five or four or five years old. And I can remember some child coming up to me and saying, you're black. And I was so upset by that because I didn't see color at that point in my life that I went home and I grabbed my box of crayons and I brought back two crayons to this kid and I had a brown one and I had a black one and I held up that black crayon and I said, do I look like this color? I am not black, mm-hmm. I am brown. And it's funny when I think about it now, but that really was part of what was laying some of the foundations to things that I would experience later in my life. Now we span ahead to when I'm in high school and I'm living we're again, we're living in a predominantly white environment. And uh, one day I had, I discovered back in the day when we had, you know, homemade book covers, which we thought were fun and great. One day I'm in class and I discovered that somebody had broken into my locker the night before and they wrote the N word in big old black letters across all of my textbooks on the book covers. And I was absolutely devastated. Like, I can't even put it into words, the level of devastation that I had. Well, um, you know. And that's ignorance on a lot of people's parts because, again, that's an offensive word. Um, I'm offended when I hear somebody say it. And, And I'll be very transparent if I can go here in just a second. Yes. I'm offended when I hear black rap artists use it themselves in their lyrics i don't think there's any place for that word in our society and you are not alone brian because i am equally offended i and i think that's part of the problem the ongoing problem that we're facing right now uh with the racial injustice on so many different levels part of the problem though within the african-american community the culture is that we say it's okay for us to use this derogatory term because we have the right to use it, but nobody else can. And yet those same people that are using it are the same ones that want to be out there raising their fist at, why are you calling me that? Nobody should be using that word. I don't care who you are. It's just offensive all the way around. Because well, for you, when you were a teenager, yes, that, that nearly destroyed you. Oh my gosh. Psychologically. Yes. And so you're a young black woman. You get called this vile, disgusting name. Yes. And 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 it destroys you. Yet, you know, as as a mature woman today, you're hearing people of 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 in, in the black community, in the black culture. Yes. Using this term and just throwing it out there like nothing, and that was a word that nearly destroyed you psychologically. Yes. What come do those how hard has it been in your life to when you hear that to move past that time when 15-year-old Karen had such a vile terrible awful and my heart breaks mm. if I could have gone back in time and put my arm around that 15-year-old Karen my heart would have broken for you because mm. I I was bullied too. I I was overweight as a kid. Mm. And I had kids bully me because I was overweight. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you, it. I did not realize until actually this year that I'd had unforgiveness in my heart related to that event. You know, um, moving past that event and going through my life, you know, I remember uh, as a young child having a vision and I thought I was supposed to become a medical doctor and I'm still waiting to for the Lord to kind of bring me to that vision that he gave me. I have not arrived to that as of yet, but I know I'm closer uh, now than ever before. And so I'd always wanted to become a medical doctor. And I knew that I was intelligent. I knew that I was able to do a lot of things. And yet all throughout my career, while I've, I've experienced some, you know, some success, my successes have always been limited. And I knew that there was something in my past. Something was holding me back from going higher and doing more. And it had nothing to do with my physical ability. And it wasn't until this year where I was having a conversation with somebody from my church where I had a very uh, pivotal decision to make. Actually, at the start of this pandemic, I really saw that I needed to, the Lord was telling me, Karen, it's time to step up and to step out, to make some changes. And I wanted to do it, but I felt like there was something holding me back. And so when I got an opportunity to speak with someone from my church, I started sharing with them. I said, I, I'm at this crossroads and I don't know what's holding me back. It's been kind of hanging over my life almost for the entire adult life for sure. Mm -hmm. And they said something that was very interesting. They said, do you have unforgiveness in your heart? Mm -hmm. Now I've been through a lot of hardships, obviously I'm divorced, so I, you know, I could have had unforgiveness towards my ex-husband and, and for a period of time I did, but the Lord helped me to deal with that. So I knew that wasn't the case. There've been some other issues that have, you know, I've experienced difficult situations where I could have still harbored unforgiveness, but I checked that and I was like, no. And as this person was talking about, do you have unforgiveness? An incident popped up immediately because before I spoke to this individual, I prayed and I said, Lord, help me identify the root cause of my fear. What is holding me back? And immediately I was taken back to that situation of being 15 years old and having that word used and everything that happened shortly thereafter and how people responded. And God showed me that there was unforgiveness that I wasn't even aware of mm. towards so many different players in that situation that I needed to release because that was the thing that was holding me back. It was holding me captive and I didn't even know it. And when I, he pointed that out to me, it was like, oh my gosh, the weight of the world had been lifted off of my shoulders because then I said, okay, Lord, I'm ready to give it to you. Mm -hmm. I know that you have a higher calling for me. There's more that you need me to do. You've given me the special gifts and talents for a reason that is beyond my own knowledge. And I want you to use me for your purposes, but I need to make sure I get rid of the stuff that's holding me back. Mm -hmm. And so once I got rid of that and, you know, Forgiving, forgiveness is, can be instantaneous, but for me and for some people, I find it's a process and you have to, every day you have to be willing, especially when those situations keep coming back to your mindset, you have to be willing to say, okay, today's a new day. I'm going to forgive that person or that business or those individuals every day. You have to do that until one day 
you think about that situation and there's no more animosity. There's no more resentment. There's nothing but just like, you know, I, I'm so thankful that I went through that experience because it helped to shape me. When you can go from unforgiveness and feelings of negativity about a person or a situation, and then look at that same situation with a renewed set of eyes, like, wow, what a blessing to have gone through that. Because of that hardship, look how it changed me. Look how it shaped me. And you're looking at the positive parts that come out of that because no matter what anybody thinks, every situation you go through, good, bad, or indifferent, but in particular, the difficult situations we go through, mm -hmm. they have a purpose in our life. I'm not saying that God creates these difficult situations, but he most assuredly can, and he will use them for our highest good. He uses them to shape us. Yeah. He uses them to help push us forward. And it's really up to us. And I think it comes from that uh, mind shift, the mindset perspective. You have to change the way that you look at your situations. Mm -hmm. I'm so blessed that God has always given me a spirit of positivity, even when I was a kid. When, even when people were saying mean things, I mean, as a kid, I had people spit at me, grown adults spitting at a child and saying some really horrific things to a child just because of the color of my skin. Mm. And yet I remember having a conversation with myself and I remember thinking, if I don't, um, I have to make sure that I don't harbor resentment towards all white people because yeah. pre I predominantly grew up in white environments. I almost never was in an all black environment or predominantly black environment. And I knew at a very young age that the bulk of my life was going to be played out around probably more whites than blacks. That's just the fact for me. And I told myself, if I allowed myself to harbor resentment towards that particular group, it was going to make for a very sad and disheartening life for me. So I just mm -hmm. made it a point of just saying, you know, that incident happened because of that person, but I'm not going to allow it to rain on my parade. And I can tell you, Brian, most of the time, even when I'm going through my trials and tribulations, even when I'm going through the difficulties, I still wake up every day thinking, this is a great day. What, so, something good's going to come out of this, even while I'm still in the trenches something mm. good's going to come out of it. And I'm that's, so thankful right. that the Lord has poured that into me. And I'm able to kind of share that with other people where I find people in the trenches and I try to remind them and encourage them because when I see them, I know that they're in the trenches, but I also see all the beautiful things that they bring to the table. And that's what I share to help lift their spirits. Oh, absolutely. What would you, if you could go back in time, mm -hmm. What would you say to 15-year-old Karen after that incident? How would you how would you minister to her, put your arm around her? What would you say to her? First, I would tell her that she is loved. She is loved more than she could ever know. And then I would tell her that, you know, don't worry about what anybody says about the way that you look or who you are. God made you this way on purpose. Mm -hmm. He does not make mistakes. There is nothing wrong with you. You are perfect as you are and that you can do anything you put your mind to as long as you allow the Lord to lead your path. You can do anything regardless of what you look like. You just have to keep him front and center. 
but more than anything else, just know that you are loved for who you are. You're loved just the way that you are, and there's nothing wrong with you. And that was something that I had wanted to hear when I was 15 that, I, unfortunately, I didn't hear. And, um, and I know that that played into a lot of the unforgiveness that I had and had kind of shoved off, and it had plagued me everywhere that I've gone. Even when I look back at certain relationships, I could see that's really what I was looking for, was to know that just as Karen shows up, she's loved exactly for who she is. And now mm. I know that without any question, how I show up, people are gonna love me or hate me. I'm not trying to win friends, but I'm not yes. trying to create enemies either. And I know the people that love me, they love me because of my quirks. They love me because of my similarities. They just love me because I am just authentic every time I show up. And that's, you know, the way that we all should want to show up. You are not hard to like or love. <laughs> I mean, you, you're just a great, wonderful individual. And I, I am honored to be your friend. As we wrap up this conversation, Karen, I appreciate how genuine and how honest and transparent you've been. What is your single biggest piece of encouragement to folks? walking maybe through unforgiveness or they had a, a traumatic event in their teenage years or their childhood that they're trying to get past maybe or even as a young adult something in their life that they had happened to them what's your biggest piece of encouragement for folks today you know brian that's a really great question and I, i'm actually going to uh, pull up the scripture that i've been meditating on for the last couple of days because it's so uh germane to what we're talking about but it's found in isaiah 40 31. the lord dropped this in my spirit a couple of days ago and i'll paraphrase that scripture but it's basically they that wait upon the lord they shall uh let me see what it says they shall renew their strength they will soar like eagles they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. And what I love so much about that, it, it really pertains to everything that we are seeing right now. There are people who are desperate for change and they're raising their hands up at the sky and they're going, God, I thought you loved us, God. Where are you? Why are you not in the, mid the middle of this? The same thing for individuals that are maybe being uh, bullied or being told that they're uh, unworthy, they're being um, looked at with um, eyes of disgust or whatever. It's negativity, basically, that's being thrown towards them, and it's causing them to question who they are. It's causing them to question why they're here. And I would say to that individual that really just call upon the Lord. There are people who may be listening that may not even have a relationship with God, and guess what? They're the perfect ones to call out to the Lord and to ask him. Challenge God, really, is what I say. You, you ask him, say, Lord, if you're real, show yourself to me. And he will come through because God looks at our hearts. He knows the content of our hearts. And if you put your faith in him, which is something that I've done my whole life, and it's helped me over time to see the goodness. During those most challenging moments in my life where I thought I was going to faint, where I thought that I was going to not be able to make it to the other side, I just pressed in. And I found that the Lord renewed my strength. I found that I wasn't weary. I saw myself beginning to run instead of walk. I saw how strong I was becoming in the midst of every trial that I went through. And although I did not necessarily know that back when I was 15, 
Mm. I have seen the Lord do that for me many, many times over. And I feel like there is a reason that the Lord has put that in my spirit for even such a time as this, because it really is so true. We just need to press into the Lord. We need to wait upon him. He sees everything. And that's the great thing about my life, your life, everyone else's life, which I still grapple with this concept here. And in closing is that nothing happens in our lives that the Lord did not already know was going to happen. Very true. Nothing happens. And he has made provisions for every single situation we will ever find ourselves in. He also knows what our responses are, good, bad, and indifferent. He knows. Mm -hmm. But because he knew what was going to happen to me at 15, he has been with me the whole time. He has opened doors that sometimes I'm scratching my head and going, how in the world did this happen? Like the fact that you and I are friends on, on your podcast, podcast, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, how in the world did Brian find me and, and I'm here on his podcast? I mean, what a blessing it is. I have been just waiting on the Lord and he is helping me to now, instead of walking, I'm now beginning to run. And I'm seeing some wonderful things flourish. So I would say that to other people to encourage them. Reach out to the Lord and just, you know, do whatever you can to just stand strong and know that this too shall pass. You will make it to the other side. That is so good. I love that encouragement. That That's awesome. What a great way to end. I can't say anything more than what you just said. Karen? Tell folks how they can find you, connect with you as we wrap up today. Yes, um, I'm one of those old school people that drug my heels with social media. <laughs> so at the moment, people can look. You're probably me. one of the smartest people in America <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but in any regards, people can find me on LinkedIn for sure. They can look me up that way. And also they can reach me. Uh, they can reach me by email and they can write to writing renovations, all one word, writing renovations at gmail.com. At some point, I'm going to update that, but that's how they can get a hold of me now. Writing renovations, W R I T I N G R E N O V A T I O N S, writing renovations at gmail.com. See, I was trying to spell it out and, and in my <laughs> In my rapidly advancing brain, it, it just wasn't processing. Karen Markle, thank you so much. What a powerful conversation well, today you, here Brian. on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Thank you, Brian, so much. It has been my honor and such a pleasure spending this time with you. My thanks, as always, to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Meads. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through His Word. And until next time, remember, everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place, can be an intentional.